0: Everybody, welcome. This is Too Old for This Shit, where we're dissecting, discussing and critiquing the best and worst action movies from the 80s and 90s. This is the podcast that puts critical thought into a mindless genre. So my name is Josh and with me is Antonio. Hello everyone. So I grew up watching these movies, but Antonio is seeing a lot of them for the first time now. Have you seen Is this the first time you're watching this movie? Yes, yeah. Okay. I am sort of watching this movie for the first time and this movie is Passenger 57. Ah, uh, yes. Not 56, not 58. It's kind of, I thought it was like Ocean's 12, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Is the next one Passenger 58? <laughs> like, did we miss the first 56 passengers? So, like, no. so you actually haven't seen this film? Well, I've seen bits of it. It's up on TV. At one point, I, maybe about Five or six years ago, I sat down and was like, "I need to actually watch this movie throughout." And I got mm. halfway through, and I can't remember what happened, but I didn't end up watching the end. Right. Okay. So I've seen like most of this movie, but it not necessarily in the right order.
1: I think this is actually going to be my first Wesley Snipes film that I've seen full. As really, well. you've never seen Blade? Not no. Just bits of Blade, Blade Two. No, all Blade. Blade Trinity. <laughs> 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 and is there a fourth one as well? Uh, probably. <laughs> uh, I. I guarantee you they'll be rebooting <laughs> There's it There's got to be one. Um, yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see sort of what, what Wesley Snipes is all about.
0: Yeah, well, he's about a lot, let me tell you. <laughs> right. Okay. So it doesn't matter if you watch this on VHS, Blu-ray, or, you know, watching it, um, I don't know, how else would you? LaserDisc? I don't know. Possibly LaserDisc. Yeah. I
1: would love to hear from anyone who actually has a LaserDisc player and 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 has a collection. And I think has it passage Have 50%. you seen the cover, the cover art for Laserdiscs are the most impressive thing ever? It's like getting a vinyl, but it's a film. Yeah. It's so cool.
0: We used to have one. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to bring the freshness to the nostalgia. So, anything to say before we sit down and watch this?
1: I, again, no, no Wesley Snipes experience whatsoever. So, okay. I just want to know what it's all about.
0: Let's do it. Nothing to worry about, madam. Right now, he's as safe as this handsome little boy. Drop the fucking gun and your friend dies! I have no friends. What do you want?
1: Oh, I have what I want. I have control of the plane and everything on it. Well, let me give you a word of advice. Always bet on black.
0: was okay a bumpy landing but <laughs> we got there yeah. look i expected terrible like really terrible but it wasn't <laughs> did you, you did some before I we eat.
1: started i was i was surprised by some parts of the film to be honest okay um it was less bottle episode like than i thought it would be
0: ah oh, thank would, you yeah. for that community <laughs> reference and there writing reference um all right yeah. so uh, well let's let's, uh, let's go through the plot. Passenger 57 is the story of John Cutter, a widowed airline security expert who still feels the pain of losing his wife when he tried to be a hero. During a convenience store robbery, he accepts a job as the head of security
1: for Atlantic Airlines and is en route to Los Angeles when the plane is hijacked by psychotic terrorist Charles Rain, who's coincidentally being transported to the FBI on the same flight.
0: John has to save the passengers and kill Rain, which he does after forcing a landing and then allowing Rain to take off again. And then he throws him off the plane, blah, blah, blah. You get it. Yep.
1: You know, good guy wins, gets the girl. Yeah, all is, all is right with the world. Um, that's a really brief plot, but then again... That's this, basically
0: all it is. But then this movie, um, it's only 84 minutes.
1: Yeah, it, it does not outstay its welcome at all. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, that was a thing. I That's probably the biggest compliment I could give the film. Not to say that it was bad, but I think it, it knows what it's trying to do and it does it in the least amount of time needed. Like I, I didn't didn't feel like there was a lot of fat...
0: No, there, there's, there's none. I mean, that's, that's really it. I mean, to me, like when I, was, when I was, when we were watching this, I was just sort of like, when it was over, I was like, oh, it's over. I was like, fuck, that was short. Like, yeah. it just didn't seem like, I mean, it flies by.
1: In, 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 the, in this day and age where uh, episodes of Game of Thrones are like 70 minutes long, it, it felt like an episode of television almost.
0: Well, and interesting you say that because we'll we'll come back to that with people involved. Yeah, but, right. Um, okay. But yeah, other initial reactions. Uh, I, I thought a little, just a solid little action film. Yeah. Pretty forgettable, though. I think. Yeah, it it doesn't
1: do anything to really bust. The mold or stand out, I think, from anything else yeah. that we've seen so far.
0: You know, the long story short is I'm not going to beat up on this movie that much, just mainly because it is exactly what it is and yeah. it's nothing more. And it's but yeah, it's it is a little bit paint by numbers.
1: But it's not it's not trying Yeah, it's not trying to be anything else. It's just it's trying not to be thats yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's trying to be an action film that showcases how badass Wesley Snipes can be
0: and that's it. Yep, and he's about it. He yeah, he does it. He brings the he brings the music. Yep. So, speaking of music, I was wondering, did it cost them a lot to get Kenny G to do the <laughs> soundtrack for this film?
1: <laughs> it was. It, see, that's the yeah. The start of the film kind of threw me a little bit with the soundtrack because it sounded like something ripped out of the mid eighties, but. So it came out in '92, yeah, and so yeah, the music It's still kind of the '80s. It's kind of yeah, which it was, it was I, that, it's something I had to double check as I was watching <laughs> it because I kind of go, wait a second, I thought this was a '90s action film, but yeah, it, it's it it's almost that could be an, I think a criticism that you could level against the film as a whole is that it's because it's not trying to do anything new because it's just. Going from the same mold as everything else. It's also, yeah, not doing anything interesting with the soundtrack either. Like it sounds like every other action film that came out of the eighties.
0: That's really interesting because it does, in a way, like if we think back to like Commando, it essentially does bridge the gap between the eighties and nineties action movie. Whereas, like I would say the real nineties action movie does in some ways strive for a little something more. Yeah. No, actually yeah, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. And the music actually was not done by Kenny G. That was just the joke. It's, <laughs> yes. done by, uh, it's done by a guy called Stanley Clark, who other bass players in the world besides myself might know. He, he's, a, he's a really um, famous bass player. But then again, that's also like saying, you know, he's a famous, uh, you know, jazz xylophone player. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. like? <laughs> well, let's get... Xylophone enthusiasts will know the name, Lionel <laughs> Hampton.
1: <laughs> now that we've gone through the composer, let's go through everyone else who was involved. So obviously this film stars... Wesley Snipes. Oh, uh, yeah. You can't miss it. His face is all over the front. He's probably in every scene except for the ones involving, like, the villains figuring shit out.
0: Yeah, and the um, the airline base sort of, you yeah know, when they go back to base with Tom Sizemore, who is another uh, playing his typical sleazy character. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the first film I saw Tom Sizemore in, just
1: nice aside, is Heart and Souls. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. That fucking movie where the guy's like (laughs) dead and like, no, 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 no. They're trying to like get. They, they would, they died the day he was born because the bus driver was distracted by like his mum in the car next to him or something. Like some weird this is me trying to remember it from like twelve years ago. How have you seen that movie and you've never seen well, because The Godfather? It, it it's, it's the kind of movie car. that my parents would would show oh, me. Because okay, it's like yeah. this is a film that a 10-year-old can watch. Sure, yeah. Anyway, but yeah I love Tom So I loved his hair in that. And he's and you know what he's persona he's still doing that like Goomba personality <laughs> in this film. Always the same. <laughs> Even in saving Private Ryan. <laughs> yeah. That's all he does. <laughs> he's and the I, thing with the last name Sizemore, you wouldn't think of him as a wog, but he just, he he does that. I That's wonder he if he does. actually, well, because his, cause his character
0: name is Delvecchio. Well, exactly. Like he's, he's anyway. He's Sly Delvecchio. He's always. <laughs> Which sounds like a porn star from the <laughs> mid-80s.
1: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Tom Sizemore is kind of like his... Well, he's, he's a buddy. The, yeah, yeah,
0: I don't know. Uh, Bruce Greenwood, the consummate Canadian character actor. That's three C's there in a row, guys. A alliteration for huh. any fans of alliteration out there. And moving on, Elizabeth Hurley is in this film. Liz Hurley, is being it... a bad, bad, bad girl in her brief uh, '90s movie career.
1: Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I, I haven't seen her in anything for so long, and it's one of. Yeah, it's. One, I'm just having a look through here. It's one Not of much. the, the earliest things she's done. Because what? I think the last film I saw her in was Bedazzled, and then... Classic. <laughs> absolutely. And then she's done a bit of TV recently, but otherwise nothing.
0: Yep. Uh, Robert Hooks is the black FBI agent. Um, who's, there's actually some really bizarre connections to Star Trek in this movie. Right. So Robert Hooks is the black FBI agent, also is the father of the director Kevin Hooks, mm-hmm. but he's the admiral in Star Trek 3 Search for Spock. Bruce Greenwood is Admiral Pike in the Star Trek reboot. The, re- the reboot, yeah, yeah. And David Lowry worked on the Star Trek V: The Final Frontier script. He was the scriptwriter on that. Don't ever watch that movie. <laughs> that is a ter- That is the okay. worst Star Trek movie ever. Good to know. All right. It's worse than the first. It's worse than than Star Trek: The Motion Picture. And that's a bad movie. You see, I'm, I'm again. This, you're gonna
1: hate me, but the only real Star Trek I've seen is the, the re-release. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen Wrath of Khan? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh. All right, all right. Maybe we can add it to the list. But um, one, actually, one other little bit character, bit actor that I want to point out is Mark McCauley, who's one of those guys who I feel like you see. He's the guy who's who is a, he replaces the snipers when they're. Boarding the plane again. Oh, okay, he shoots. The, yeah, okay. I feel like he's one of these like guys who's always plays a goon, and he does such a good job. In like, he's just one of those guys that you see him and you go, Oh yeah, he was in. I've seen him in so many other films. That's good spotting because I didn't pick up on. I don't that know. Guy. I think I'm just looking through his IMDb now, and I think it could be because like he did, he did a fair bit. Was he in Hone Souls too? No, on Burn Notice, which is a TV show that I used to watch a fair bit of. But um, but yeah, he just got one of those faces where I'm like, Ah, you're always doing little stuff but i, I recognize yeah and you know he just again it's just people doing one-dimensional stuff
0: <laughs> yeah really that could well be, that could be <laughs> a, a tagline for this film <laughs> watch people engaging in one-dimensional <laughs> <laughs> roles okay anyways so, so, but, uh, so wesley snipes Look, like, yeah he's and this movie rocketed him to start him this right. is before this he's an actor he's mainly doing crime films and comedies he was in major league white men can't jump new jack city king of new york all acting roles like and not yep. to say that he's not acting in this but this movie made him an action star and this movie opened at number 1 in the box office wow so this this really propelled him so this was just like a really it just
1: was perfectly t- cuz as we said it's not super remarkable so I'm surprised that it
0: it opened number at number 1 man it was a, and good. interestingly enough African-American lead African-American director Kevin Hooks um, <laughs> done mostly TV aside right. from this um, was the producer director on Prison Break, but that's yeah. I mean, and, and if you look at his IMDb credits, it's all he's he's directed every major every major American drama show he's right. done an episode of pretty much. Yeah, but never really, never really. Besides, I mean, it's strange cause, like this feature is incredibly well it opened number one, and he never really had a features career, which is surprising. But who knows. Maybe, yeah,
1: maybe it's just a choice. I mean, it's like the great thing with TVs you kind of fly in fly out, you work on an episode and then you can move on to something else, whereas yeah, with a film, you yeah you're pretty much there from day dot, and you're doing it for three years and at least, um yeah, yeah, no that's it's interesting, yeah, I wouldn't um. It was a weird thing when, yeah, when I saw who was directing, I was like, "Oh, well, here's another one of those directors who's done nothing else." But actually, he's just not done film.
0: No, he's he's still working up until today. Yeah, uh, his uh, he's got a mini series about Nelson Mandela coming out. Ooh, so cool. with uh, starring uh, Morpheus.
1: All oh, right, oh, right. Lawrence yeah, Lawrence Fishburne.
0: And then as for the writers on this, um, look, I, I put him down just because. What I found interesting when I was looking through the writers is that they'd all they'd all consistently worked, and this is yep. this is a collaborative script. Um, David Laurie, uh Dan Gordon, Stuart Raffel. Um, Dan Gordon did wider Earp and Hurricane, *Hurricane*, the Denzel movie, uh, and Stuart Raffel did a movie called *Ice Pirates*. Which <laughs> *Ice Pirates* is like if we ever go to it's, *Ice Pirates* is my second *Hudson Hawk*. Like *Ice Pirates* is the bizarre movie. I'm just looking at the poster oh, and it's, oh my. God, it started. It starred Robert Urick, um, the guy from Beretta, before he starred in the murder of his wife, <laughs> <laughs> the trial, the trial of Robert yeah, right. Urick. Okay.
1: <laughs> wow, um, it just looks. It looks. It's
0: like a fascinating concept sci-fi film. It's. It was in this like spate of like eighties. Like, kind of post-Star Wars movies where people were like, just fucking set it in space, throw any kind of crazy shit. It's a bizarre movie. And I, you know what? It would be interesting to watch that one again yeah. because I literally have not seen it since the first time I watched it on VHS, but I still can remember certain scenes from it. Like, it's, it's just stuck in my mind in that sense. It's a bizarre movie. It makes no oh, sense.
1: I'm so excited to see that one day. But so, okay. All right, so let's To, move to, to on.
0: recap, yeah, we're like... Not a whole lot of
1: remarkable <laughs> talent behind this, apart from the fact that it's Wesley Snipes propelling his career as an action star. Yeah, this is the thing that sets him up to be who I guess most people see him as today.
0: This opens the door. Of, well, and and now this is all he does. He's kind of in that sort of Steven Seagal, just pumping out yep. action movies, type one a year, type of thing.
1: Yeah. See, because that's the thing is that like he's he's good at being the serious I got to get shit done person in this film, but he's. Action prowess wasn't mind blowing, no. In this, and um, possibly could, as a result of the short running time, I don't know. No, but I, I also think it was the way the, the way those fight scenes were put together. You don't ever see a hit. You hardly ever see a hit land. Like it's 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 it's, it's, uh, it's okay. edited to the it's it's classic Hollywood fight scene editing, which is make it look like. It was more intense than it was, which is like cutting on every, on every hit, so that it just goes to another angle where you don't actually see the contact, and yeah, and also just him, like he's just doing some kicks and stuff and climbing over airplane seats. I kind of, yeah, I don't know. He's he's got the he's got the persona, but I don't know if he's got the physicality necessarily. At least in this film, but it is his first one. So what worked for you in this film? Uh, Liz Hurley is a bad bad woman. <laughs> actually, yeah, no, I. I, her turn I did not see coming at I,
0: all. I knew that was coming because I, I had seen the first half of this movie, so yeah, I did yeah. know that that was coming. But
1: she, it worked, she worked as a badass. Yeah, no, she she did it quite well. Oh, she looks so young. That, yeah, that, that is. That
0: <laughs> <the> kind of... <laughs> Pre-Hugh so Grant.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, pre just sort of everything mm. that we um, know for now. Like I just... Trying to think of what worked for me, like I just... I don't know, it's... I've already said it. It just it did what it set out to do. It ticked the boxes it needed to. Um,
0: Bruce Payne interplay with Wesley Snipes that that worked well enough for me. Yeah, but the flip side of that,
1: what didn't work for me is that he's just
0: who who is he? Exactly, he's a psychotic with to what end. He had a bad and he had a bad childhood, and this is like (laughs) this is this is the very nineties sort of like. Oh, he had a fucked up childhood, you know. He's that's why he's a psychotic murderer. Yeah. It um
1: his his yeah, his character turn didn't really work for me. Like why why he is who he is didn't work for me at all. I'm just like, okay, he is some dude who is is he supposed to be British or just random He's British European. Yeah. Um and yeah, he just he just likes blowing shit up. Like cause and at one point in the film they say that he uses his explosions to get away. From his crime, from like to get away from the cops and stuff and to escape, like it's a distraction, but it's a but what's the crime that he's escaping from? He's the explosion, so it's a chicken egg situation oh, yeah. <laughs> where I'm like, well, what's he trying to do then, and it was only until they mentioned that that I started thinking about, why do we have this villain
0: yeah, why, yeah, he's just bad, he's just bad for yeah, no reason, and the face changing thing like that has.
1: It's it's in the it's the first five minutes of the film, and then it has absolutely no bearing on the film on the rest of it at all. I think
0: that's true. I never thought of that. I only just thought of that then. Because <laughs> why do they? Yeah, why do they like? Why does he need to change his face? Like, and they say he keeps changing his face, but like, we don't have any inkling that he'd done this before. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and it didn't have any bearing on anything that happened later in the film. It's almost as if true. it's something that they constructed after they wrote the story for the script and were like, well, how come this guy hasn't been caught before? Well, I've got an idea. Yeah.
0: Well, that's, that's interesting that you say that, that it has no bearing on the film because actually the best line of dialogue, and this is the thing that always sticks out to me, is the line where he's like, where Wesley Snipes goes to rain, do you ever play roulette? He's like, yeah, always better black. Yeah, Um, which is yeah, which is a great line. It is a great line, but it literally has there's no context for it up to that point, and it's never mentioned again.
1: That whole conversation has no context. Every
0: (laughs) line in that conversation
1: that they have does not relate to the next one. It's just a bunch of like idioms and cool shit that they say to each other to try and one up each other, but otherwise they don't actually relate. Uh, Like why 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 does Wesley Snipes bring up? (laughs) <laughs> Relax. Okay. Like, I'm going to try and find that online. I'm going to try and find the transcript of that conversation. And we, I, I challenge you to tell me how each line ties into another. Okay, let's do it.
0: Uh... Plan not working out the way you want it,
1: asshole. Don't flatter yourself, Cutter. You prevented nothing. Although it seems I may have underestimated you. Dumping the fuel is quite ingenious. At least Mr.
0: Douglas's body won't have so far to fall now. <laughs> Maybe Vincent could hitch a vibe with him on his way down. You know, Charlie, I'm a little surprised at you. Didn't your father ever teach you never send a boy to do a man's job? Speaking
1: of boys, our stewardess friend must be feeling particularly unsatisfied. Charlie, you ever play roulette? On occasion. Well, let me give you a word of advice. Always bet on black. Listening back to that conversation, right? No, he, he acknowledges that he's dumped the fuel, and then Wesley goes and has a dig at him for having a troubled childhood. And then Bruce comes back and, and has a dig at Wesley for, for being like, a boy.
0: Yeah, like, and the, not like,
1: being able to satisfy a woman. And then Wesley comes back and says, Don't worry, dude, I'm black. Like, it's just a very strange exchange which leads to, yeah, a really great line which, again, I think is a situation where they've gone, how good is this line for Wesley Snipes to say, where can we jam it into the film? Yeah. And it, I think it also is like a second... And if it is saying that, oh, I'm black, I'm fine when it comes to women or whatever. Like, I, I think there's also another moment in the film where there's a whole thing about black dudes and their dicks as well.
0: <laughs> is there? I didn't pick up on that. When,
1: when he's going through airport security... And the woman has to pat him down and there's a oh, close up yeah. of his crotch when she's like patting him down. I was like, what? And then um Sizemore has a has a has, no, says, Oh, how'd you be so cool? And it just I don't know.
0: That's more the fact that like he that Wesley doesn't want to date any women since his wife got murdered.
1: Right. Does but why mean? the close up on his crotch? Oh, I don't know, man. See this yeah. It this, just
0: it's,
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's a couple of weird things in this film. But yeah. Roulette line. Awesome.
0: It's a great line. It's a great it just doesn't, line.
1: Doesn't have any place in
0: the film at all. It's like a line for the trailer, essentially. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But there's nothing more. Yeah, I mean, aside from that, the story's is nothing special. That's a, didn't really. I mean, there's no, there's no real character here. The direction, as you've already mentioned, is a bit lackluster. It's, and there's literally yeah. no motivations. Nobody, and and it's complete coincidence that. I mean, this is the thing with these and this, this is not exactly a die hard no. you know rip off but it's a wounded hero i mean cutter not, cutter's not wounded in the in the like a disadvantaged but he's like you know oh, his wife got killed but the thing is that like yeah there's just nothing there's just nothing really there's no real meat on the bone it's a, it's a good skeleton but there's no meat on the bone yeah that's my analysis it, yeah.
1: Wesley, yeah Wesley Snipes character's motivations aren't clear the villain's character motivations aren't clear Get well get away
0: that's it but yeah but why but, but what has he done what is he I mean he's wanted for being a psycho that's enough
1: yeah it's yeah it's it's just enough it's just enough to have a film yeah <laughs> just, so yeah I'm not really yeah <laughs> don't really know what else to say so in terms of when this film came out, though, we've already said how it's, yeah, it's his first action film, early 90s. What else is sort of in the cultural context of this film? I mean, we're yeah, we're coming off the back of a bunch of action films sort of setting an interesting kind of tone in the 80s.
0: Yeah, there's there's not really, I mean, Wesley Snipes stands alone essentially in the 90s as a black action star. No right. one, there's no one really competing pairing to him aside from will smith but that's really at the end of the decade re- yeah. will smith's action career takes off at the end of the decade and in the early '90s. and even really
1: then, that was very short-lived in a sense that he quickly moved on to oscar-baiting films after that <laughs> so
0: come on return to happiness that's action packs. <laughs> or no what is it pursuit of happiness pursuit
1: of happiness yeah and, the ha- and happy with a w- happiness with a y yeah. mind you um yeah. Wild, Wild West. I mean, you can just see him
0: hanging out for an Oscar there in that.
1: Uh, I was very young when that film came out, and I enjoyed it very much. And I don't ever want to see it again because uh, I, know we, how I think we're gonna have to watch it now. <laughs> we have to ruin it for you. Um, yeah, right. Because yeah, um, we we this this film was on was on our list to watch because like, we we want to try and yeah see ones see films that are that are uh, have African American leads mm. and. Um, yeah, like it's it it is what it is.
0: Yeah, he does it. Um, the thing is, too, Wesley Snipes is this really propels him into stardom, right? Um, but he's but he's an actor in the sense of like he's an he's an actor who becomes an action star. Yeah, much in the same way like Bruce Willis was an actor who became an action star. Right. Like Wesley Snipes. Like if you look at like what he was doing before this, it was he was he did not go directly to action movies yep. he evolved into them and he still does in in up until like the 2000s he's still doing like one night stand uh, the mike figgis movie which is it's it's about um infidelity and interracial dating yep. which is it's dated a bit now but it was it's a solid it's a drama it's just a it's just drama to Wong Fu where he's a drag queen and the fan uh which is a kind of a thriller it's a Tony's by far Tony Scott's worst movie but yeah. him and Robert De Niro it's about a psychotic fan who you know wants the Giants to win the World Series um, right and look in the mid-90s that was a really legitimate uh, motivation <laughs> was that you know you really because the Giants had not won a World Series in 50 years or something at that point and so he's like trying to like yeah. Anyways, I don't want to go through the plot of no. the fan.
1: I feel, I feel like this is one of the only episodes where we've mentioned other films potentially as much, if not more, than the film we're talking True. about. True.
0: Th- well, I think that says it all. I mean, doesn't it really? Like, I mean, yeah. There's just not too much to say. No. Um, I mean, like in terms of Bruce the, Payne, never really went on to do much after that. This.
1: Yeah, I, he. I did not recognize him at all. From so um, yeah, to me that meant like, well, this guy is a flash in the pan.
0: Not yeah. even that. I mean, he's he's psychotic and whatnot and he's good at playing the psycho, the kind of uh, Hannibal Lecter style. I mean, this is the other thing, too, is there's a real cultural context for the, the British bad guy yep. in the 80s. I mean, it's kind of the Terrence Stamp, you know, cookie cutter, angry British guy, bad guy. Yeah, which, fine. <laughs> yeah, that's the, a troll. Thing we, Yeah,
1: exactly. That's one thing we, we see with these action films as we go through time is that yeah the villain changes according to <laughs> whatever the the geopolitical kind <laughs> situation of is. Situation yeah. is. In terms of like the the filmmaking for this though, actually one thing that did stand out for me is I quite liked the flashback scene. I thought that was quite when it flashes back to oh the robbery the robbery where his wife got shot and. I probably have seen this before where it's like that intercutting between him training boxing and like each punch kind of punctuates the gunshots in his memory and so and and the cutting backwards and forwards and how that was handled i actually thought that was for for a film made in 1992 was was quite good uh,
0: yeah I mean to me that felt I mean look it it felt really tired to me now yeah right I mean I just I was watching that. I'm like yeah yeah it's the obligatory sort of wounded he's wounded you know yeah and here's the thing and maybe this will kind of I don't know if there's much else to say around the cultural context of this movie. Not really. Um aside from that it was originally a vehicle designed for Sylvester Stallone. Right. And that's why Sizemore's character is called Slot, Sylvester <laughs> is it kind of cuz anyways. But um the thing that really I felt was the missed opportunity was that so in the film as Antonio has just alluded to Wesley Snipes' wife dies in a botched convenience store um Robbery that um, he tries to save. He tries to save the day, and his wife ends up getting shot. Yeah. Now, to me, and it also sort of precip- it's also sort of intimates that this is like why he's like an ex-cop now, or why he's you know why he went into airline security because he's like couldn't be a cop anymore because his wife's dead and it's wounded him. Mm-hmm. But he never wrestles with the fact of being a hero again. Like, the whole thing is, like, he tried to be a hero and his wife got killed. Yeah. So when he's in the situation again, and he and he even um, counsels the stewardess, don't be a hero, you know, when a hijack is going on. Yeah. He never... We never see him wrestle with this for a moment on the plane. The closest thing
1: is when that passenger gets killed in front of him on the plane in an exact same kind of situation... Where um, Bruce is, yeah, holding a gun to this random dude's head, and he and he asks him his personal Detail, details. Yeah,
0: I've got a daughter. And...
1: Yeah, and then just blows his brains out in front of him. But yeah, in terms of the the visual of it, it it matches, and it's like, oh my god. But yeah, in terms of the actual what actually happens with the character yeah, involved psych- psychologically, nothing changes. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, it has no impact whatsoever. It's just it just becomes a thing later for for Wesley's character to refer to 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 help motivate the the police and the FBI in in stopping this guy, he's like he he killed a guy in front of me, and he told me he had wife and kids. Mm. Like, okay,
0: and I think that's that's what the film suffers from is that there's no there's literally no journey. Mm. Yeah, I for mean, sure. aside from at the end of the movie, Wesley and the, the stewardess, you know, walk away together, and it's like, oh, he's overcome his you know, desire to not ever date another woman again.
1: Yeah, which isn't isn't a journey that I no. don't think anyone gives a shit about.
0: <laughs> no. At the end of really. the day. There's well there's no stakes in it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like him
0: being him being a, you know, Trappist monk and, you know, not spilling his seed on the ground versus, you know, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's um, walking away into the distance of a carnival and fireworks going <laughs> off overhead. That's literally what happens if you haven't seen the movie, guys,
1: okay? <laughs> but, like, what, one thing I did like was that, yeah, when, when you see uh, Bruce get on the plane that Wesley is also on, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be one of those films that takes place all in one environment, closed environment, a la Die Hard, but then about another 30 minutes later, the plane has landed and we're in the fairgrounds, which I actually thought was was good. It was, I thought bold choice. I yes. and I liked it. I, that that was actually the, the, one of the things that really worked for me. Yeah, I I, I quite liked that it, that they made that decision because yeah, it just opened it up a lot more. And I didn't actually know where it was going to go from then. I was like, okay, so rather than getting control of the plane and you know killing getting rid of the villain, you know, once the villain has then gone off into the fairgrounds, and you're like, oh, okay, well is it going to stay at the airport is it going to keep going somewhere else are we going to go cross country around america trying to find this dude like yeah it, it was a good and it was probably one of the reasons why the film did so well and also we sort of haven't had, felt anything necessarily bad to say about it is that we kind of go well we did it didn't necessarily do what we expected 100% of the time true
0: i mean well the, yeah i mean it doesn't it does it does break a few it does break that mold in the sense like for me those types of films, the kind of trapped-on-an-airplane sort of movies, it's easy to get those wrong. Right. Nonstop, the film with Liam Neeson, I don't know if you've seen that. It came out a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, works because of the... Char- it's the character that's... He's an alcoholic. And, right. And, like, he's, like, questioning his judgment and stuff. So it's all on a plane and a hijacking. But these sort of, like, four... Or, or Air Force One, you know? It's like these, these movies are sometimes hard to maintain the tension because it's like, well, how can you... Maintain the tension in such a conf- such a confined space. Like yeah, but there's have-
1: only limited things you can bring into the story.
0: Yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, it really limits you. I mean, there's good, a really good example is the film Red Eye, the Wes Craven movie Red Eye, mm-hmm. which is a brilliant little thriller that takes place on an airplane. It's uh, Rachel McAdams and oh, the guy who plays Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Doctor Crane from <laughs> Batman. Yeah, it's an excellent like really tight thriller mm-hmm. until the third act when the plane lands and then it just completely devolves into a chase like he's chasing her and blah 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 like it, it just yeah. it's ev- all the air gets taken out of it as soon as the plane lands right. and with this the air gets put back in the, pre- yeah. the cabin gets repressurized <laughs> when they land. Yeah, no, for sure. Because all of a sudden, yeah,
1: you, you bring in the Louisiana Police Department and the FBI, like all these other characters yeah. are then coming in. on, And, you know, Sizemore's character comes back into the fold rather than probably just being a dude that he would have been radioing him with while in while in midair. Yeah, no, it really helped to just open the film up and, and just give it a bit more to do.
0: Yeah, except for that the guy who plays the, sh- the sheriff. That's so that bad. Was such
1: a, that was such a weird role. Yeah, yeah. Just in general, like even just the
0: lines that he was given, it was,
1: yeah, that's <laughs> bad.
0: Okay, that's the one thing I'll rag on is that 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 character is just lame. I mean, because it's really, it's. I mean, they're trying to play up the whole southern racist sort of thing. Really, I didn't uh, see. I didn't even pick up on that. Oh, because <laughs> he's because he, they're in Louisiana and this dude's yeah. black, and he's like, hey, I'm I'm this person. They're like, yeah, whatever, boy. You know, throw him in the back of the paddy wagon. You know? Right. See, I I
1: just. I did that, see. I didn't th- see that necessarily as a racism thing. I just thought it was just like, well, you know, you you managed to escape this hijacked plane. Who's going to believe you? Better off to just keep you in cuffs until we can figure out what the fuck's going on. Uh, true. But, but no, I think y- whether it is that or the other, like I think, that, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth, <laughs> worth making a point of. But yeah, it was it was biz- it was that was bizarre. <laughs>
0: yeah, his character. I mean, yeah. I mean, as far as other things in the filmmaking process, I mean, we've already mentioned the the fight scenes are not particularly i mean no. i don't know they're all right i mean it did i did like that they pay off that like if you're shooting a gun in yeah. a, in a <laughs> pressurized cabin and you shoot one of the windows that is you know that's what happens is the air gets sucked out you well, that know? was yeah that was one of the things in the back
1: of my head sort of once i got on the plane and and, and hijacked it i was like guns aren't that useful on a plane because yeah one stray bullet and your ride's gone. Mm. Um, So, yeah, it it was good to see that for the most part, like, yeah, they didn't really um, make it too unbelievable in that sense that, like, bullets were flying everywhere and then in the third act a bullet hits a window. Like, there weren't that many bullets shot on the plane until that sort of last part where, yeah, everything went crazy and the plane was basically going to crash.
0: And then they push... Charles Rain out of the plane and he falls to his death and that's something. Okay, yeah, that's what's meant to happen. That's that's what happens
1: in these films. The villain dies in spectacular fashion.
0: Yep, Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the 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 major failing here is that there's nothing at stake aside from the passengers' lives. Which you know, if I was one of the hostages, I would you know care a lot about that. But as a moviegoer, I'm like, there's nothing. It's like, what's at stake, really? Well, because even with the the little boy
1: that. Um, you get introduced to when, when everyone gets on the plane and, he, you know, he shoots Bruce oh, Payne. Yeah. Like that little moment there, that's, that kind of, that's done by the second half of the film because they get off the plane with the first hundred passengers.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Again, this, and this is the thing we keep coming back to, is that things are either set up or come into play... That don't come back later,
1: except for the old woman that sits sits next to him on the plane oh, and thinks
0: he's <laughs> and thinks he's Arsenio Hall.
1: <laughs> I had to, think, I was trying to figure that out, I, and I was my plan was to ask you that wasn't Arsenio Hall yeah, reference, was it? Yeah, yeah. So that's a very yeah. that's the
0: cultural context right
1: <laughs> yeah. there. That is so late eighties early late eighties early nineties. So the only Hall? the only black person that she knows is Arsenio <laughs> it's Hall. Arsenio
0: Hall. <laughs> Well, because this is the thing, though, you have to. I mean, you have to cast your mind back to nineteen ninety, early nineties America. Yeah. Arsenio Hall was massive. Yeah, right. And and doing that (laughs) though, like that was like (laughs) everybody was doing that. Like I remember going to school and doing that. Far
1: out. So, yeah. I mean, is there much else that we can say? I don't know.
0: I mean, look, if you want to watch Passenger Fifty Seven, watch Passenger Fifty Seven. If it happens to be
1: on television when, you know, some late night and you've got nothing better to do and you feel like watching something, see, see what you think. But I just, I don't
0: think, yeah, it's, it's definitely not one to write home about. No, nah. I mean, look, I mean, we, we've been criticizing it here a little bit, but I don't know, like what, what, what could they, the, 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 one, the one major thing that they did, which I think, you know, a lesson to all you would-be filmmakers out there, is mm. land the plane. Yes. I think that's yeah, yeah. that's the that's the key thing out of this is that it's like... Be, be prepared to land the plane. Be prepared to land the plane because it goes into a carnival and you're like, <laughs> what the hell is happening here? It's like some Orson Welles lady from Shanghai shit going on, you know. They're going to go into the funhouse mirrors and he's going to... We don't know. No. But then um, it just kind of devolved into people falling off Ferris wheels. And they just went back. Yeah. <laughs> back to the plane. And plane took off again and then just went back to the airport again. Yeah. <laughs> and then back to the fairgrounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the circle of life. I remember <laughs> living about that in uh, The Lion King, I think. The circle of life. Okay, we're cutting that. Yeah. <laughs> was it me or did the the woman who plays the female lead, what's her name? Marty, the mm. stewardess. She looks like Michael Jackson. From <laughs> 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 when I saw her, I was like, Oh, my God, it's Michael Jackson from the Scream video. <laughs> the one they did with Janet Jackson.
1: Is it worth pointing out that we didn't mention her once during this whole review? Um, even though she was supposed to be the main female she's, lead. I, I don't remember what she she's, no, I don't know what she'd ever done besides that. But No, but I mean, like, even just in terms of the story, the only time we mentioned her was going off into the fairgrounds, whereas, like, she was in that scene at the start where they were doing the safety demo thing. Yeah. And, you know, there was that arc there where he, like, had a, you know, cracked it at her, and then they eventually like each other. But, like...
0: But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the whole thing. I was like, that's the uh, whole premise of don't be... He's like, don't be a hero. And then we see the flashback of him trying to be a hero and his wife gets killed, but he never blinks an eye about being a hero again. And that's that is that is the major character from a writing perspective that's the major character failing in this movie is that as soon as the hijacking happens and he's in the toilet of course because mm. he's overlooked yeah he doesn't pause for a second to go hmm sure, maybe I, I yeah. shouldn't do this or you know I need to follow the rules that I set up which is don't fuck with the, hostages, you know, the hostage takers because somebody could die. Yeah. He immediately just goes into action man mode. And that is, there, he doesn't have anything to overcome. And also
1: she, but also like she just has next to no impact on the film whatsoever. She is purely a plot device.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Because yeah. I think she does, Charles Rain takes her hostage, puts the gun to her head at the in like the final climax or something, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah.
1: It's, and know. he gets really rapey with her at one stage, and does he? I don't yeah. remember that. Oh, you don't remember, like when he was.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. But even that bad. felt really obligatory. Like that felt like what would a psychotic do? Oh, he would pretend to be ra- pretend and, and, to... And, and was he
1: licking his finger and then striking the gun? I don't know. It was just very strange. It's weird behavior. All right. So your final review, final score for this,
0: Josh. I'm gonna give it a hundred out of two hundred. Released hostages from
1: the plane. I'm going to give it four out of eight unnecessary face transplants.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, see you next time. But before we go, we need to do the legally required social media
1: plug. Like us on Facebook at TOFTS Podcast and follow us on Twitter at TOFTS Podcast to stay up to date and send us any movie review suggestions. Make sure you also subscribe on your podcasting app of choice and leave us a review. It helps. It really does.
0: okay <laughs> passenger 57 is the type of movie that you would show to your girlfriend if you like really wanted to fucking break up with her <laughs> but you didn't have the right words to say it just kind of show it and be like I don't know what
1: this movie is about I don't know what it means and then at the end say look I don't know what that movie is about I don't know what this means I don't know what our relationship means either exactly <laughs> and then just drop the mic and walk out <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and then just
0: ghost her <laughs> we are terrible people okay <laughs> the end